All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Thirty minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. Well, folks, get used to seeing the Florida Panthers a lot over the next few weeks. And weirdly enough, the Leafs can control Florida's destiny leading into the Stanley Cup playoffs, potentially getting there. Presented by Points Back Canada. It's the Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga with you. No Jay Rosehill today, as you can see, but uh, he'll be by in about five or seven minutes from now with another installment of Three Hits with Rosie. Always brings the heat. Can't wait to see what Rosie has to say about tonight's game, especially considering everything that happened and transpired back on Tuesday night on Long Island. Game three of this five-game road trip for the Maple Leafs, 1-1-0 through two games of the roadie. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401 where you can subscribe here on YouTube. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your podcast, so make sure you check us out. If you're not subscribed just yet, please do so. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs, thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. I want to see that chat hop in today, folks. Come on, let's hear about this team moving forward. Obviously, it's been a bit of a struggle lately, trying to get their ducks in a row before the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Can you believe it? 12 games remaining in the regular season, so please chime in. And I'll take up some of those comments here via YouTube a bit later on in the show. Coming up in 10 minutes as well, former Leafs GM. He can tell you a good story or two about Harold Ballard. Yeah, the Ballard Bunker of the days. Uh, today's guest has it covered from Leafs Nation pre and post alongside Brent Gunning on Sportsnet 5, 9 of the Fan. 
NHL Morning Skate on Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio, most importantly, my former co-host and good friend, Gord Selleck is going to drop by in about 10 minutes from now, and he's going to dish on this Maple Leafs team what we need to see moving forward before game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But for now, let's get over the boards. All right, so here we go, and I referenced it. Uh, the Maple Leafs will play the Florida Panthers three times over the past or over the final 12 games of the regular season. So in many ways, Florida's destiny lays in Toronto's hands, which is weird to say considering the battles these two teams have had the last couple of years. Met back in January, the Leafs squeaked out a 5-4 crazy OT victory. Willie Nylander, surprise, surprise, scoring the winner in that game. It is game three of five on this road trip for the Maple Leafs. And as mentioned, they're 1-1-0 through two games. But I just want to see a bit of a response here, folks. Like that, I don't know what the hell that was against the New York Islanders. I won't lie. I got a bit of PTSD from some of the series past, like Columbus and the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins and games in October. And it was like one of those, like, we don't care. Why are we even here type games? I want to see purpose. I want to see pace, desperation, urgency. Um, you know, we thought that the Islanders were a desperate team. I can tell you right now, the Florida Panthers are going to be a desperate team and they're going to be a pissed off team. That's because they're coming off a 6-3 loss to the Philadelphia Flyers, also on Tuesday night. One they probably would have loved to have, especially considering you look at last night's mini two-game slate and the Pittsburgh Penguins go into Ball Arena in Denver and find a way to get two points in that game. It's just a dogfight right now when it comes to playoff positioning in terms of the wild card here in the Eastern Conference. So you're going to get a desperate Florida Panthers team on home ice. They're playing really, really well. They're 6-1-1 in the last eight games. But I just want to see some purpose. And... I know people have been going back and forth on social media the last couple of days. Well, the game doesn't matter. Who cares? It's all about game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But this is all about practice. This is all about getting your team set. And when you show up for games like that, specifically in the second and third period, like it was an absolute no-show. And I said this on the show yesterday. I felt bad for Ilya Samsonov in the final 10 minutes of that game on Long Island. The team stopped playing. Like, honestly, it looked like me in beer league hockey. They just had nothing left, nothing to give which I won't lie is mildly concerning, A, because we've seen this from this team before where it's like, I don't want to say, I don't want to challenge their work ethic because obviously these guys are working, but it's like this, we don't give a shit meter. Um, and that'll be a prevalent theme here in my interview with Gord Stella coming up as well. Just his thoughts on that, where it just happens way too frequently with this Maple Leafs team. And maybe I'm making too much of it and it's a bigger story than it needs to be, but just, I, I think it's mildly concerning and it's triggering for Leafs Nation because we've seen that type of effort before when it matters most in the Stanley Cup playoffs and also games against like Arizona and San Jose and other teams, beatable teams, and you show up, You well, you don't really show up. And that's my beef with this whole situation. So uh, really, really looking forward to this one. I know it doesn't have much bearing in the standings. People want to argue that with me. It doesn't. I don't think the Leafs really care if they have home ice advantage in the first round or not. Uh, they're in the driver's seat. Let's call a spade a spade. You know, they have 12 games remaining. Tampa's got 10 games remaining, and they're three points up. Uh, so the likelihood Toronto's going to finish in second in the Atlantic, very, very likely, as you see producer Alex put the uh, standings on the screen right now. So that's a, a non-story for me. I, I just want to see max effort night in, night out. I don't care if it's the preseason or the regular season. I, I was just really, really concerned for a team that prides itself on potentially winning a Stanley Cup this season, and you show up. Well, you know show against the New York Islanders in the second half of that game. Um, I, I don't know what it is, and I always bring this up on the show. The Leafs are incapable of losing a normal hockey game, whether it's 3-2. It's always got to be an embarrassment. 
it's always got to be big news and headlines throughout North America and the States and Canada where they get just ran out of the building. And that's exactly what I felt happen against the New York Islanders the other night. They have probably like 15 of those type of losses, I would say, over the last five years. And I would know, again, because I was their radio host alongside today's guest, Gord Selleck, who is coming up in about five minutes from now. Uh, but for now, I'm going to kick things over to, to my co-host, again, who is not here today. Here's Three Hits with Ro- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Three Hits. We're starting off where we left off, which is talking about some lineup issues because it's what's going on right now. And... My prediction is that tonight against the Florida Panthers, Sheldon Keefe will ice the most probable lineup in his mind to start the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think that after that stinker on Long Island, he has had time to think and reflect. And I think he's seen enough. He knows who's who. He knows what's what. And he's going to put a line together that he believes is the best chance to play game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's a hopeful thing. I hope he does. I hope literally there's no way anyone can even question the lineup tomorrow night and that it's just the best of the best at this point in time. That being said, number two, would that not mean that Luke Shen is replacing Justin Holt? You would think it does. If not, what is the message being sent? that Hull is above him on the depth chart? If so, why did you even trade for him? You literally needed someone who can be reliable, who can be physical, who has experience, and who's having a good season, and Luke's having that this year, and yet he's played a game in the last month. I don't know if that's being thought of as resting the guy or helping him out, but a guy like him needs to get his boots under him. He needs to skate. He needs to play. He needs to get reps. He needs to be familiar with these guys on this new back end of the team he just got traded to. You would think he would want to do that if he's going to play in the playoffs and play a lot. And if he's not going to play in the playoffs or play a lot, then why is he here? I have a feeling that's what... I know that's what should happen. I believe that personally, and I think that will happen. Whether Hall comes out or not, I believe Shen will very much be playing tonight against the Panthers, and I would think Hull should be able to come out because that's probably the most likely case in the playoffs. 
Maybe I'm out to lunch on that, but it brings me to number three. What they need to do in that game against the Florida Panthers is respond. Respond to the play that happened this week. Respond to that Islanders game. Let that be left behind. Let it be forgotten about. Step up with the best roster that you've got. Ice it and start playing hockey and big-time hockey. I do not like the idea of walking into playoffs and just now yeah, we're going to give you our best stuff now today. We just decided this, this organization has been taught too many lessons in the playoffs to go into it with that attitude. And there's no chance that an organization like that with everything they have going is going to be that arrogant in thinking that you're just going to tiptoe around for the next couple of weeks and then turn up the heat in the playoffs. They need to start doing it now. The guys need to go. It's not tiptoeing around injuries. It's not being scared to get hurt. It's, putting your best guys on the team, figuring out what works and what doesn't, and building a ton of momentum and a ton of steam and just rolling it into the playoffs. That's what you have to do this time of year, and that is what I expect them to do tonight against the Florida Panthers. Thanks, Nikolai. <laughs> All right, the uh, the intricate breakdown from my astute co-host, of course, uh, Jay Roseville, breaking it down. And surprise, surprise, he wants his buddy Luke Shen in the lineup, and I get it, especially against a team like the New York Islanders. But again, we've been seeing this the last couple weeks when it comes to Sheldon Keefe. Meantime, let's bring in today's guest. Uh, I broke it down to kick off the show, former Leafs GM, uh, now the co-host of Leafs Nation pre and post, also with NHL Morning Skate on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. It's my guy, Gord Stelic, my former co-host. How's it going, buddy? Nikolai, it's going great. Uh, now, you and Jay have resplendent setups here. We're doing kind of the – this is kind of like the year before they drafted Austin Matthews, right? A little bit of rebuild down in the uh, down in the downstairs basement. But I'm doing great. Good to catch up with you, Nick. Gord, it's so great to see that face and to talk least with you, buddy. Um, the give a shit meter. Do you remember this conversation we had a couple of years back? It's like I felt like I was watching the same movie against the Islanders the other night, eh? Yeah, and I heard you in the opening and, of course, Jay as well. And uh, it's perception is not often reality, but perception nowadays we know is what per people perceive as reality. And it happened in the playoffs in pretty well every deciding game except the one against Tampa Bay that – not only did they go out with their most inept performance, it appeared that they really didn't care. Now we do know they care. And yeah. again, again, Nick, trying to gauge it, like you mentioned about the, uh, they bounced back after the Buffalo debacle and had some positives. Uh, it it does seem, but I wonder over an 82 game regular, regular season for most teams, do they have as many extremes as the Leafs had? Because certainly they're trying to come back, like you mentioned from another one against the New York Islanders. It's amazing how triggered Islanders fans when I, you know, were when I said like the game didn't matter. But let, let's be honest, Gord, we've known this playoff opponent for two months now. Do you think that the Leafs really care if they had home ice advantage in the first round? Well, I think they should care. But, you know, it's funny, Nick, how what you'd remember how you go into the playoffs quite often. Like I remember when they beat Ottawa four to five years in the playoffs and every year the Ottawa Senators were a better team. One year the Leafs finished horribly. And then swept Ottawa in four. Shane Corson was on Alexi Ashin and on and on and on and on. And of course, goaltending made a big difference. But to answer your question, yeah, it's they're not, you know, there's these teams like the Islanders that every night's kind of like a playoff game. So they're they're in a different place. Other teams, you don't want to call it coasting, but it's, you know, you want whatever that it factor is for game number 83 and onwards. So I can understand that, that whether you want to call them off nights or what have you. Tonight against the Florida Panthers, to Jay's point. 
I mean, this should be more of a test about what the playoffs could be. I would think, I would think, and also, and also the bounce back factor. I, I, I always am hesitant to gauge what it is like the last 10 games when a team is home and cooled out. But Nick, I do think home ice is important. Uh, particularly Tampa Bay is one of those real strong teams on home. Last change, particularly when you've added Ryan O'Reilly and you've got more depth and balance on the Leafs side, there's more variables you can put into play that make last change even more, to, to me, more valuable. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I think that is extremely valuable because I do think that's where we're headed when it comes to Ryan O'Reilly, when he's able to come back to this lineup as you put him in the three hole, especially from a matchup game against Tampa. I think that's going to be outstanding. What was your general scope, Gord? I know it's been a chaotic last month here in Leafs Nation, but the deadline, the activity here from Kyle Dubas. Checked all the boxes. Checked all the boxes, which, um, and again, you know, you've given up a lot of futures which all of a sudden it's, yeah. they're considered no big deal where when he took over, you know, everyone's <laughs> judging on like every draft, yeah. every draft pick was worth like a zillion dollars or what it was the next Connor McDavid. <laughs> but, but I get it. I mean, this is what they have to do. Uh, all the cliche swing for the fences, you name it, that I do like the fit. Like Nick Foligno was never a fit. And uh, you know, you and I did the trade deadline show back then, you know, he was the big acquisition. Injury was the biggest reason that he wasn't the fit, but he never got acclimated, never really found a role. And I just like in all these particular players they brought in, although to Jay's point, they got a lot of quantity now with Luke Shen. I understand the variables about Luke Shen, but you got a lot of D right now. But you you added that give a bleed factor, like you said, with Noel Cherry and Sam Lafferty. So you, you needed something different on your third or fourth line. So just nothing that wowed you. I mean, you know, Connor Brown's gone and Zach Hyman's gone and they've been gone for it. And the previous version of Kasperi Kapanen, you know, that seemed to be a little bit more effective in Toronto. You know, they had a little bit more of that. So that's what they fought as they fought the salary cap. So I did like that. O'Reilly was the perfect ad up front. And then you get someone like McCabe. You needed someone that could be a top four defenseman. So um, checked all the boxes and that, you know, winning intangible that say O'Reilly has, uh, how much how much does that come into play? How much is it a positive? We'll wait and see. So I know you frequent that press box at Scotiabank Arena quite a bit, and we used to joke back in the day about making tea beside Ilya Mikheyev, but have you spotted yeah. Connor Timmins? Man, is he still on the Leafs? I don't know <laughs> if he's making tea anymore because Mikheyev had, had torn his wrist up, so you had to help him and that make tea. I remember that at uh, one time. But, uh, yeah, because he was up there for about half the season. Yeah, Connor Timmins. Well, there's the other one. Like I'm just saying, they, they got so many – depth guy so i mean you, you think about it he was on the verge he was trying to clear waivers they were trying to clear him in arizona to go to the ahl and i i guess the leafs have decided that what they have is better i thought it was a nice story he seemed to salvage his nhl career that still may be the case that still may be the case but you know i know jay rosehill's that kind of player so you get really concerned about yeah. and talk a lot about the third defense pair the fourth line I mean, they're important. It's a team thing, but it's still, to me, it's going to come down to the big guns. I mean, you play, you can play four stud D, a whack of minutes. You know, you can um, be creative and, you know, put O'Reilly out on a super line like he's done many other times when you get an offensive zone faceoff after an icing. So there's, you know, you, 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 it's, it's to me, you want to get some depth and you want them to contribute, but it's still going to be the big guns that are going to make the difference. That's besides the goaltending. Everyone understands goaltending is huge.
Oh, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. But uh, what's your take on on Sheldon Keefe? Uh, obviously, I think uh, this time of year, when we know the Leafs are going to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs, we know their first round opponent. We're we're trying to steer the conversation somewhere, and and lately it's been this over coaching narrative. You know, the the line shuffling, the D rotation. What's your take on all that when it comes to Sheldon Keefe? Personally, I haven't had an issue with it, but that's where people are pointing the finger because this team has looked at a sorts last little while. Well, I think we got to look at everything. I don't know about pointing your fingers, but you got to look at everything because you look back at it because he came with so much reverence. Mike Babcock helped cost them a playoff series because they were going to do it his way. And Austin Matthews was going to play less, you know, like he helped cost them a playoff series by his coaching. And, you know, Sheldon Keefe uh, won at the AHL level, but what can you do at the NHL level? I think he would uh, uh, take back the handshakes were firmer line last year. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, it happens. We all come up with, you know, maybe that not the best lines because that's not the point. It sounds sounded like, you know, the John Wanless fun fair day or something like that. You know, the school, <laughs> local school and, you know, participation and all. So I've really liked Sheldon Keefe as coach to answer your question, Nick, like I really have. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I think he's got the pulse of the team. Uh, they, you know, w- we always look back and what could have been done to stem the tide, particularly against Montreal when you had that series home and cooled out and, you know, you get the horrible giveaway by Kalchenyuk. You get the Marner tough. Like, all these things seem to happen. You don't get a goaltender, you know, making a difference in a game. But, you know, for the playoffs, which he he has more because of checking all the boxes at the trade deadline. So he's got more pieces at his disposal to figure out, you know, how is it going to evolve? Part of being a great coach is being a great bench coach. You know, not looking at the tablet all the time. He doesn't. Some assistants do all the time, it seems. But, you know, that's going to be a part of it. And if you're against... John Cooper, well, this guy's got Stanley Cup, so that that's that's a tough one. Like he's he's a really good bench boss. I'm not saying Sheldon Keefe isn't, but obviously that's part of it. That's accountable for the way they've gone out in the playoffs. And I know it's not been him each and every time, but the way they've gone out in the playoffs the last number of years. This series is going to be so fascinating on so many levels, and among them is the goaltending story. Of course, when you have Andre Vasilevsky at the other end, who I think was pretty pedestrian in that series against Toronto last year, with exception of game six and seven, he said, you know what, I'm Mariano Rivera, I'm shutting the door. So with that in mind, I, I don't want the Leafs to big brain this conversation when it comes to Samsonov or Murray. I, I get Murray's track record, Gord, I get the resume, I get the two Stanley Cups, but to me, it's definitive right now. It should be Ilya Samsonov for game one, no? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Carolina Hurricanes are kind of in that situation. Freddie Anderson yeah. and Antti Ranta are... Um, <clears throat> unproven uh, playoff goaltenders. They've got a good number three in Kachetkov. I mean, Joe Wall may be that kind of guy in Toronto. Who knows? Sure. But you really don't want them in the playoffs right now. So I do think if it doesn't happen for Samsonov, you know, just like uh, Grubauer started the first two games for Washington when they went on and won the Cup, that you, given Murray's play, uh, even though, as Sheldon Keefe said, the numbers haven't been good of late, his play has been better than his numbers of late, that you ha- you seem to have some depth in that regard, but no question to me, Samsonov's the guy. Yes. Because Jackie Redman, who I had on last week, I believe, made a really good point. I think it's easier to turn to Matt Murray in a in a series after it not working out for Samsonov than vice versa. And I think that was a really astute point because I think, you know, automatically they can say, look at the track record, look at the resume, as opposed to going the other way around the lack of experience with Samsonov, right? Well, unless you can dig up Jeff Zatkoff, right, as the uh, number three <laughs> guy, like he was for... 
for Pittsburgh. You know, but yeah. Murray has kind of done that Mariano, Mariano Rivera role, that Cam Ward role all those years ago yeah. for the Carolina Hurricanes when he came in with Pittsburgh. But I agree. And again, you know, we're, we overanalyze, overthink everything, but that's what yeah. it's about being a fan. And uh, uh, just, hey, let's get, we had six years of Curtis Joseph and Ed Belfort, four of Cujo, two of Ed. And um, no surprise, uh, there was playoff, some form of playoff success pretty well all of those six seasons. I feel like we have this conversation every season when it comes to the goaltending. I know you see the graphic on the screen. It says three cats. That's for you. You know my favorite bar is two cats, but I say three yes, cats right now, Gord, because it's three games against the cats in the last 12 for the Toronto Maple Leafs. In some ways, they really control their fate, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, you know, the schedule maker, <laughs> it's a funny one because they seem to have a template that every year there's the same variable in place. And when COVID hit and you and I were doing the games, that yeah. they had a whack of games left against the Panthers and they were fighting the Panthers for the final playoff spot. Like they really needed it. Sure. So this isn't the case now, but yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, you know, boy, Pittsburgh, what a big win they had last night against Colorado. It's just like, will the real Florida Panthers please show up? Like they're the president's trophy winners last year and they've been really underwhelming. And every time they got close, they just faded away. Now, this time, everybody else faded away. Buffalo, Ottawa, Washington, and uh, Detroit, right? And all of a sudden, wow, yeah, like Florida's just kind of hung in there. So huge game tonight, like you mentioned. They'll have three against the Maple Leafs. I mean, hey, Florida's going to have to play Boston in the first round. If they, It's not like you're trying to choose your own poison if you're the Maple Leafs. You, know, you, yeah. you just got to get by the first round. And your season's already a success. You're going to get your butt kissed like you won a Stanley Cup, which is ridiculous. But, you know, that's really what your focus is. But, yeah, I mean, the, they, they have to put up a battle. For the other teams that are fighting it, too, you want, the, you, know, you, know, you want competitive games like a lot of the Connor Bedard, you know, uh, lottery teams are doing. I mean, they're competing. They're not tanking. They're playing hard. That's what you want. Yeah, I don't want that country club feel. And, again, I won't lie. I got the PTSD back on Tuesday. It was the same Leafs team. It looked like a preseason game. Like, show up. The playoffs are around the corner. But, anyways, before I let you go, big you were infamous though. in big our save still by Sorokin. Sorry, big yes. save by Sorokin, yes. though, I think was one difference. But, yeah, yeah. sorry for interrupting. Yeah. No, no, no worries. And and that's the big thing for me. I think, you know, a lot of people try to ask the question, what could set the Leafs apart in the Stanley Cup playoffs? You know you're not going to get Andre Vasilevsky, but sometimes you need to make that 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 big save, right? Lilligren turns the puck over. Yeah, that stinks. But I think, you know, they have to come up with that stop when it matters most, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, way back when Felix Botvin gave that goaltending when you weren't sure about yeah. him. You look at Corey Crawford, uh, was getting scrutinized in Chicago. Was the goaltending good enough? Jordan Bennington in St. Louis is another, mm -hmm. you know, excellent example. So, I mean, that's what you're going to need. And, you you know, I mean, Freddie Anderson's career is defined by his best game in goal was a one nothing shutout loss to Columbus, and it was a soft goal. Like, they should have scored eight goals against Columbus, okay? But that just is the way the bounces, the karma, all that stuff has never happened their way in the playoffs. And that's what they got to get this year. Same in Bennington's year. St. Louis could have been eliminated by Dallas if it wasn't for some – lucky fortuitous bounces in the conference final, but I'm getting my head on myself because to win it all, you need those bounces and breaks and not the controversial penalty call against you in game seven, but the goaltending had, if it's sensational, that's great. If they steal a game or two, wow, you probably win the series, but it's gotta be good enough to give you a chance to win. And Campbell did it last year, every other year, it hasn't been good enough to give you a chance to win every game.
It has not. And lastly, just to uh, to finish up here, this is an inside joke or whatever. Uh, it appears there's no cure for <laughs> Alex Kerfoot, Gord. I, I would love to see oh this guy goodness. score another goal. <laughs> oh, geez. Like, you know, and Nick, Nick to get, I know, an inside joke because some guy has fun yeah. talk about uh, what else was yeah. there, Kerfoot and Zingly Zingly do and all that kind of whatever. But anyway, uh, with and Kerfoot last year, again, the bad penalty, but then he made them two men yeah. short. Okay. And I know he's out there killing a penalty, but they had to call that. And that was really the killer as far as it went. And he just, man, he is the Michael Grebner about just not being able to True. finish pucks and put them in. And yeah, these are the kind of guys and his cap hit is really significant compared to some of the others. They, the supporting cast, they, they got to get something. And that's why they added Achari and Sam Lafferty, hopefully, hopefully to be, be part of that injection to that element. Yeah, and I keep saying if the Leafs are going to do something substantial, they need Kerfoot to be like that Terry Lekkinen guy. And when you haven't scored yeah. in like 25 games, uh, I don't know about that. But, Gord, it's always great to catch up. It felt like old times today. Appreciate your time, and let's hope for a, a long playoff run, okay? Yeah, I'll see you at three cats, okay? <laughs> New bar coming soon. Thanks, Gord. See you, buddy. There you have it. The one and only Gord Stelic. So many inside jokes, uh, but I worked with Gord for a couple seasons doing the Leafs broadcast. He's just salt of the earth, has amazing stories. So make sure you give him a follow on social media. Check out his work as well with SiriusXM NHL Network Radio. As we get to the points bet wrap up here on Leafs Morning Take. And uh, I thank everybody here in the chat. You've been hot. I actually posed the question. Because sometimes, as you all know, I do take some heat on social media for being a troll. And sometimes, admittedly, I am. But sometimes I think I deliver the truth, whether least fans want to hear it or not. Off the top of the show, I gave my true feelings. I won't lie. It was PTSD the other night watching that game against the Islanders. Very similar to other series we've seen. Very similar to other games we've seen from this Maple Leafs team where the give-a-shit meter is just not there, unfortunately. It's like a minus five on a spectrum of one to ten. And it's, it, it scares the hell out of me. Producer Alex, <laughs> oh my, there's a poll up there on uh, the YouTube show right now. Is, is Nick Alberga a troll? I think profoundly it's going to be yes, but uh, somebody's already chimed in with no. But anyways, let's get to the chat. PS17, agreed. I'd like to see them step it up when teams are playing them tough and checking tight. This is playoff hockey. You can't just flip a switch. I could not agree more. Handshake line respect says the same thing. You were spot on. I appreciate that. Uh, total gamer. Damn, missed the opening. Well, you can check us out in podcast form and here on the Leafs Nation at the Leafs Nation 414, the repeat. But yeah, I think I'm on to something. And I do agree with Total Gamer 1. The curse is real. Like the Leafs are the New York Mets of the NHL and vice versa. The Mets, uh, of course, using Edwin Diaz and the World Baseball Classic. Both those respective franchises uh, are cursed right now. But uh, it is what it is. I mean, what are you going to do? I'm uh, just saying hi to uh, Sean. What's up, buddy? Uh, Sean writing in, of course, his thoughts and uh, just ready to troll. I said yes. Oh, Sean just straight writing said yes just to troll me. Okay, fair enough. I respect that. But uh, appreciate, yeah, PS17, Gord is a great guest. Gord's salt of the earth, everybody. I, I worked with a guy for a couple of years. He just brings the heat. And the best thing about Gordo, he kept me in line because he loves the Toronto Maple Leafs so much. He was Mr. Optimistic. I was Mr. Like, oh, my God, it's been so long since they've they, they've done something substantial. So, uh it was good to have that hot and cold type feel working with Gord Stelic. So appreciate everybody here on the show today. The uh, The chat's on fire. I want to keep things going and the momentum going, folks, as we get closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I should mention coming up on tomorrow's show, 
Rosie will be back. We'll have a recap of this Leafs Panthers game. We'll look forward to another busy weekend for the Maple Leafs. They have a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, Jamie Noodles McLennan from TSN's Overdrive and TSN Hockey Analyst will drop by. I've been uh, trying to track down Noodles for a couple weeks. Finally, our schedule's aligned, so Noodles will come up tomorrow. We'll get his thoughts on this Maple Leaf season moving forward to the Stanley Cup playoffs and who should be the number one guy in between the pipes for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So many thanks to producer Alex and, of course, my great guest today, the one and only Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks to everybody in the uh, in the chat. And uh, the final tally on the poll, by the way, wow, a resounding 89% say I am not a troll. So I love the backing here. I love the belief here. I am not a troll. <laughs> Thank you to everybody. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. But I am. I won't lie. <laughs>